God to hear somebody else. He's asking God to hear, hear me. Hear me when I call. And, and when, you, when you see, and especially in verse number 1, all, all of the pronouns, you know, you can look at that and say, well, my goodness, David, you know, David at this particular time was really focused on himself and on the problem that he was in when he was calling out to the Lord. And, and that is true. He was focused on himself. He wanted God to hear him. You know, and, and sometimes if, if we're not careful, we can, we can feel guilty about saying, God, I need you to hear me right now. I, I'm in trouble. I, I'm in uh, di- distress. And we're going to look at that uh, distress here because that's really where we're, we're picking up. And, and, and so when, when you read and study the Word, you know, focus on the different parts of speech. If you don't, I've had people say, well, I just... I don't know what different parts of speech is. You know, I didn't, you know, I didn't learn all that stuff in school. Well, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you something about that. Resources, because of the internet capabilities, resources are very, very cheap nowadays. Some of them absolutely free. You know, if you can give your two thumbs plenty of exercise looking up friends and talking about the latest gossip and what this one's doing and that one's doing, you can certainly use those two thumbs and just just uh, type into Google the definition of an adverb. What is an adverb? And it will tell you what an adverb is. Help you, you to understand. You don't have to have a stack of books nowadays. to, But, but focus on the parts of speech. I, I pay a lot of attention to verbs in Scripture. Because verbs have to do with action. It's, it's what's being done. It's what's expected to be done. And, and, and I pay a lot of attention to verbs. So, uh, so pay attention to that when, when you're reading and, and studying. And I'm going to tell you, it just sometimes just through paying attention to the different parts of, of speech uh, grammatically, that in itself can go a long ways to helping you understand the intent of the Word of God, you know, there. And, and uh, so, so anyway, David, David is looking for a, a, a personal salvation. Now, David acknowledges the, the past blessings of God. God. God delivered him numerous times. We talked about this in Psalm 3. We talked about the lion, the bear. We talked about King Saul. And so, and many times, God had delivered, and David admits that he had not forgotten this. If God delivered him in the past, surely God would not fail presently. That's another lesson that we can take. We can take home. If it's good to remember things that God has done in the past for you. Amen. Help you to understand and have faith that he, if He's done it in the past, then He would He can do it presently. It, if I call upon Him, and so, so the word the word distress there. Uh, in verse number one, 
when David said, Thou hast enlarged me when I was in distress. Distress, the, the word itself means pressed into a corner. It means to be in a tight place. You ever felt like you've been pushed into a corner? Yeah, no, yeah. You feel like you've been, been pushed. And whether it be physically, spiritually, emotionally, whatever the case is, you, you feel that you have been pressed into a corner or in a tight place. But he acknowledged the fact that God had enlarged him or it, it wasn't that that God had enlarged David physically, but what David was saying is that God had set him in a broad place, in a wide place, for, for David grew spiritually in difficult situations. Now, there are several verses I want to look at very quickly here that, uh, that is an acknowledgement of David in his writings of the times that God had enlarged him. That God had, had set him in a broad place. That, that David grew spiritually in these difficult situations. Psalm 18 and verse number 19. He said, He brought me forth into a large place. He delivered me because He delighted in me. Notice the reason that David was brought to a large place and delivered. He said, because God delighted in me. He delighted in me. You ever, you ever think about God delighting in you? Well, do you? You ever think about that? Or, or, or we always have the idea that, you know, God's looking out, you know, just, you know, He's... You know, he's like an abusive parent. You know, he just, you know, he just wants to beat me at every turn and all of that kind of stuff. I'm, I'm telling you, God delights in his people. God delights in his people. He said in Psalm 18, 36, Thou hast enlarged my steps under me, that my feet did not slip. In other words, David is talking about God Helping him, putting him in, in a more level or a safer place for the specific reason that his feet would not slip. Psalm 27 or 25 and 17. The troubles of my heart are enlarged. He said, Oh, bring thou me out of my distresses. My, my troubles, my heart is enlarged because of my troubles. Bring me out of my distresses. Psalm 31 and 8. And hast not shut me up into the hand of the enemy. Thou hast set my feet in a large room. Psalm 118 and verse number 5. I called upon the Lord in my distress. The Lord answered me and set me in a large place. David knew he didn't deserve any help from the Lord. But he prayed on the basis of God's mercy and His favor. Listen to me. He knew he didn't deserve anything from God. 
But his prayer was based upon the mercy and the favor of God. God, in His grace, gives us what we do not deserve. Amen? Amen. I don't deserve healing in my body, but because of His grace, He gives me what I don't deserve. I don't deserve salvation. But in His grace, He saved me. Amen? So, He gives us what we don't deserve, and God in His mercy does not give us what we do deserve. So, in His distress, evidence and faith and confidence in God, He said, have mercy upon me and hear my prayer. What David was needing from God was a personal salvation. Notice again the pronouns me and my. On a personal note, you you have a God who knows every tight place in your life. You know that. You have a God that knows every tight place in your life. That God will have mercy on you. That God will hear your prayer and come to your aid and deliver you out of your distresses. Notice my play on pronouns. David made a play on pronouns in verse number one. I'm taking that same play to try to help you to understand and believe that God will have mercy on you. Amen? God will hear your prayer and come to your aid and deliver you out of your distresses. Amen? So when God delivers, you need to remember those times for future reference. Now here's our problem sometimes. I said earlier that we are addicted to distractions. You, you know what distractions are good for? Distractions are good for taking your mind off of the current or off of the present circumstances. And I'm going to tell you something right now. Not, not only are di- distractions a detrimental thing when it comes to, to your personal praying and your Bible reading and Bible study, but, but we can be so addicted to distractions that God in His grace and His mercy does something tremendous for us today, next week, we forgot it. Because, because of distractions. So many things coming at us at, at any given time that takes our mind. We, you know, David said in, in Psalm 3, and we talked about this word, and he said it in Psalm 4 too. That, that word Selah, yeah, that's what? It's a pause. You know, and, and that's one of our problems. We, we can't pause today. And really reflect and take into our mind and our spirit the things that God has done for us today. Just today. You say, well, I don't know that God healed me today. You don't know that He didn't either. Well, I don't know that God protected me from any 
anything deadly, but you don't know that he didn't either. I don't know that God kept me out of a wreck today, but you don't know that he didn't either. Amen? You don't, you don't know. But, but especially the times that we can put a finger on something in our life and say, I know it was the grace and the mercy of God that helped me right here. If we're not careful two days from now, it's going to be the furthest thing from our minds because of distractions. But, but let me tell you something. God, in trying to help His people down through the ages of time, He, he told them, you need to have specific points of remembrance. You need to do certain things periodically so that you can remember the things that I have done for you in the past. What's that going to do? Well, it's going to do, it can do several things, which we're not going to analyze this evening, but one thing that those points of remembrance can help with is our complaining. Because we know what God has done in the past. Another thing it can help us with is, is just simply remembrance of the times that God has helped me in the past. And, and, if, and I know that the hand of God has helped me in the past. And I know the hand of God's going to help me right now in this circumstance. And, and so, so when God delivers, you need to remember those times for future reference. When Israel entered the promised land, God ordered them to build memorials as a reminder of the great victories that He had given them. After He parted the waters of the flooded Jordan River, God commanded Joshua to build a memorial of 12 stones for future generations. I'm going to read this passage of Scripture, but I'm going to read it hurriedly. Joshua chapter 4, verses 1 through 9. And it came to pass when, when all the people were clean, passed over Jordan, that the Lord spake unto Joshua, saying, Take you twelve men of the people, out of every tribe a man, and command ye them, saying, Take you hence out of the midst of Jordan, out of the place where the priest's feet stood firm, twelve stones. And you carry them over with you and leave them in a lodging place where you shall lodge this night. Then Joshua called twelve men whom he had prepared of the children of Israel out of every tribe of man. And Joshua said unto them, Pass over before the ark of the Lord your God in the midst of Jordan. Take ye up every man of you a stone upon his shoulder, according to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel, that this may be a, a what? That this may be a sign among you, that when your children ask their fathers in time to come, saying, what mean you by these stones? And I'm going to tell you something right now. The stone piles in your life can say a lot to your children and your grandchildren. 
Because there ought to be stone piles periodically that speak of the deliverance of God in your life. Where God helped you, God delivered you, God healed you, God, God blessed you. With, you know, and, and, and the great memorial things that, that God has done. Now listen, the, the problem in our age, in our era is that the, the enemy, the adversary, is very adept at stealing these things or minimizing these times in our memory. Yeah. I know God did that, but He could have done this too. See, Joshua said, you get 12 stones. Now, these stones weren't little old. These weren't little old stones. Because you notice Joshua's command was, you get a stone that you can carry on your shoulder. It, it was a stone. You get a stone and put it upon your shoulder and we're going to put it in a lodging place that we're going to lodge this night and we're going to build a, an altar. We're going to build a memorial of 12 stones, one for every tribe. Here's why, why in the name of good sense, Joshua, this rock is heavy. Why do we have to do this? Joshua was saying there's coming a time in the future that your children are going to ask, what's the meaning of this? And you're going to be able to look back and tell them, this is a memorial of the time that the river Jordan was flooded and, 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 and it, was, it, was, it, it was out of its banks. And, and, and God, God is the one that when the feet of those priests hit that water, God parted the waters of that Jordan River. And, and we came across out of, out of, the, out of the wilderness. We, we had been in the wilderness for 40 years after God delivered us. And, and this is a memorial that God brought us from the wilderness into the promises of God. I don't mean to preach this evening, but I feel the anointing of the Holy Ghost to tell you, you don't need to allow the devil to rob you of these times of memorial in your life. David, I promise you, when he was in distress, David could reflect back on the, on the pasture scene of the lion and the bear. And, and if God delivered me from the line and God, he, he could have the same testimony the rest of his life that he had to Saul sitting on that hillside in the valley of Elah. When David goes down and takes cheese and bread to his brothers and checks on their welfare and, and, and there's Goliath and they're wanting to know, I, I know why you've come down here. You just want to see the blood and the gore of battle. You nasty little boy. What would you do with those sheep, those few sheep that you're supposed to be taking care of back there? I mean, that's, that's where you should be, and here you are right here. I know what you're here for. You want to see the, you want to see the fight. David looks around, and it's like, what fight? I don't see a fight. And he asks a question. Is there not a cause? There's a reason for me to be here right now. There's a reason that I am exactly where I am. And it's got, to, it's got more to do 
with that, uh, than just our daddy Jesse sending me down here with a basket of cheese and bread for you boys. Is there not a cause? And he approaches Saul and, 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 and says, let me, you know, what, what are y'all doing around here? I'll, I'll go over there and take care. You need somebody to go take care of that problem across that brook? I'll go take care of the problem. Well, now, <laughs> that's admirable of you, David. I mean, after all, you're just a boy. You're a lad. You know, you're, you're just a, you're an older teenager by now, and it's admirable. But I'm telling you, David, you, you've, you've not had training in war. And, and this man over here, I mean, he's the prize of the Philistines. He's the best they've got. He's been trained. He's killed people. I mean, he's come out of battles after battles. And, and David, you, you, I mean, you're, you're just a shepherd, son. I mean, I, I appreciate your, your, your intent. I appreciate your desire. And, but, but, you know, you, what, what are your qualifications? Oh, it's ironic that you ask about my qualifications. Because I'm going to tell you, there was one day I was, I was keeping my daddy's sheep and, and, and there was a, a lion that came out and stole one of the sheep and ran off. And I, I trotted after that lion. I killed that lion with my bare hands. And I delivered that sheep. Then there was another time that bear came out of the brush and tried the same thing. Same story. I killed the bear and Delivered the sheep out of the from the bear. You ask about my qualifications. The same God that delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the jaws of the bear is the same God that'll deliver me from this Philistine. See, when David finds himself in the wilderness running because of Absalom's rebellion. In the back of David's mind. And, and I believe that I won't be able to this evening. But, but if God tarries next, next Wednesday. I believe I can prove through scripture by the wording. By David's own words. That, that David says. Even though I'm in distress. And I'm going to pray because I am in distress. But I'm going to tell you something right now. I remember a time that God delivered me in the pasture from the lion. I, he delivered me from the bear. I remember the time He delivered me out of the hand of Goliath, the very best the Philistines had. I defeated with the help of God with my shepherd sling and a stone. And then when, when I knocked that dude silly and he pitched over on his face on, on that ground before God and and, and the Philistine and the Israeli army, I ran up there and jumped on his shoulders and pulled his own sword out and I cut his head off with his own sword. Held that old hairy head up for everybody to see. Now if God did that for me back then and God has anointed me to be king of Israel, now don't you think God's going to deliver me out of this current distress? See, that's the help of memorials. That's the help of the 12 stones. That, that's the help of the rock pile. 
so that, so that God's people can look back on and say, this is what these stones mean. This was a period of time in my life that I was going through some, some terrible things and God helped me. Amen. This was a time. This was a time. That, that, I, that I went through all of this and I didn't understand why. But now I can look back on it and I can see. I can know. I can understand. I, I've been, if you want to call it this, I, I, I just call it trying to help. If you want to call it this, I've been counseling a, a pastor that's been going through some very, very severe trials. They're, they're demonic in nature. And, and, and I was talking to him, you know, one day, and I was able to, through it all, I was able to look back at, at a period in our life where we went through some of the same stuff. I wondered then, why are we having to go through this? It, it was a solid, it was a solid trial for five long years. Solid. Never let up. Solid trial. Five long years. And, and through it, I think, why, why am I having to do this? Why am I having to go through this? Why is my family being put through, through this and only time years, years later? And, and I told him, I said, I'm going to tell you something. All of that stuff that we endured, we may have endured it for this moment of time right now. That, that, I can, that I can get on the phone and help you to understand and help you to see your way through all, all of this. It could be, it, that could be the reason. God helped me then and God will help me now through, through distresses. What mean you by these stones? Verse 7, then you shall answer them that the waters of Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it passed over Jordan, the waters of Jordan were cut off and these stones shall be for a memorial unto the children of Israel forever. And the children of Israel did so as Joshua commanded and took up twelve stones out of the midst of Jordan. As the Lord spake unto Joshua according to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel and carried them over with them unto the place where they lodged and laid them down there. And Joshua set up twelve stones in the midst of Jordan in the place where the feet of the priest which bear the ark of the covenant stood. And they are there unto this day. Unto what day? Unto the day that this was written. Those stones were still there. So listen, in, in your times of deepest distress, you can be encouraged by remembering all the times that God delivered you in the past or healed you in the past. Every problem solved, every need provided, all these should be a reminder of the faithfulness of God. What God has done once, He will do again. Amen. I said what God has done once, He will do again. Amen. Have you ever heard of this thing called precedent? You know, somebody did something and, and 
Somebody says, well, that set a precedent right there. Do you know that God has set precedents in, in His actions? God has set precedents. You know, serving on the district board for, for, for 16 years, there were times that we, you know, that we would not do something as a board because it could set a precedent. Now, there may not have been anything wrong with doing whatever or making a, a particular decision, but because somebody had the foresight to say, you know what, we need to be careful here because while, while this can be a good thing, it could set a precedent and open the door to something totally different down the road. Well, let me tell you, the first time that God healed anybody, He set a precedent. The first time God healed you, He set a precedent. The first time that God delivered you out of a distress, He set a precedent in your life. Not in the church as, as a whole. He set a precedent in your life. Now let's go back to, to, to verse number one. Hear me when I cry, O God of my righteousness. Focus again on the pronouns. What David is saying is this, God, the first time that you helped me, that you delivered me, you set a precedent in my life. I'm not talking about the nation of Israel as a whole. I'm talking about my life. So the first time God healed my body, He set a precedent in my life. The first time He delivered me from distress, He set a precedent in my life. The first time that He, he, he calmed the troubled waters of my emotions, Sister Mary, He set a precedent in my life. And I'm telling you right now, God has set precedence in every one of your lives. And you need to understand, as David understood about his life, you need to understand about your life. If God has done it for me once, If God has done it for me once. If God's helped me once. If God's healed me once. If God has delivered me once. God has set a precedence. In every one of our lives. And what God has done for David, by David's acknowledgement, God will do it for each and every one of you. So what God has done once, He, he will do again. He will always show Himself strong 
on your behalf and He will always prove sufficient for your every need. Amen? Amen. Every once in a while, you need to be able to lift your voice and ask of the Lord, hear me when I call. Hear me when I call. Help me in my distresses. O God of my righteousness. You have enlarged me in my distresses. David's calling on God. But while David's calling on God, he's also acknowledging, I remember the times in the past that you have... You have taken me when I was backed in a corner, when I was in a tight place. You have taken and put me in an enlarged place. You put me in an enlarged room. So if you'll do, if you did it then, you'll do it now. Amen. 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 Praise God. God will help you if you'll trust Him and have faith and confidence in Him. God. We'll help you. Now, amen. God bless you this evening.